0: What's up guys, it's Van. Okay, look, this episode is short and there's a reason why. We had taped an episode with Kayla Nicole. You guys might know who Kayla Nicole is. She is a fitness influencer, uh, on-air talent, someone who I've known for a long time. She's also someone who's been embroiled in the Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift situation, if you will. She was with Travis Kelsey for a long time. Most people knew them as a couple. And since the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey thing has happened, Kayla Nicole's uh, life has been thrust into the media in a very specific way. Um, She recently did uh, a video on her Instagram called Dear Black Girl, where she talked about some of the things that were bothering her and some of the ways that she was dealing with stuff and gave encouragement to other young black girls. We did about an hour interview with Kayla Nicole. It was wide ranging, but... Mostly had to do with her mental state, her the state of her life, the state of her career in the scope of what's going on with her ex, Taylor Swift, how people are responding to her on social media, how people are dealing with her, how she's being treated, what's in the future for her, some things in the past. We had some fun. I thought it was great. Rachel thought it was great. Kayla asked us to let her hear the interview before we put it up. Just to make sure that she didn't say anything to trample anyone or to to represent anyone in a bad way, we thought that was very responsible. Not something that we typically do for people who come on the show. But I've known Kayla for a long time. She was an intern at TMZ a long time ago when I was first getting started there, uh, and she's a friend. Um, she heard the interview and then decided that she did not want the interview to be released. I'm saying that because this is going to be a sort of disjointed and short episode of Higher Learning. Uh, We are, we apologize to the audience. It's embarrassing for us that we have to do this, but she doesn't want any more traumatic stuff to happen. She's going through a lot um, and she just decided that she would rather not have the interview air. Uh, So that means this episode is going to be a little short. We are sorry, I apologize. She's my friend, so I apologize to Rachel. I apologize to everybody that came in to record, um, and I apologize to everyone who works on the podcast uh, for their work um, and having to put out essentially half of an episode, but we love you guys. We appreciate you guys being patient with us, um, and we'll see you Friday. Enjoy the episode. Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Our learning is on is I, Van Lathan Jr.,
1: and it's me, Rachel and Lindsay.
0: Rachel, you went to celebrate Nina's birthday yesterday. Nina Parker. Not just yesterday. Nina Parker collection.
1: The weekend. I love that you always promote her.
0: Happy birthday, Nina Parker.
1: Um, yes, yesterday was Nina's birthday. We were all supposed to be in Cabo. Hurricane Norma came. We said that on the podcast before. So we still didn't mm-hmm. want mm-hmm. to let her birthday go by. Because I mean, obviously that's super disappointing. She had her hair in braids. Like we had, we were staying in this nice place. We had all these things worked out, outdoor, outdoor activities. And then boom, a random hurricane happens. Hopefully everybody is safe from the hurricane because it did hit. Um, and I think another one's coming too. But we just wanted to make her feel celebrated and special. And so we did a couple of things with her this weekend. And one of them was yesterday. And now I have a headache.
0: Now you have a headache. You, 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 I made a pina colada yesterday.
1: You and these drinks, you like, you like a sweet drink. Yeah. I don't like, I don't like that. I made a
0: pina colada, got some pina colada mix and I got it from Rum drizzly and I had some rum and I made a pina colada yesterday. So I had some drinks too, but I wasn't.
1: I use drizzly too. They should sponsor us. I
0: wasn't, um, I bet you do. I wasn't, uh, I didn't drink as much as you guys had. I want pina colada.
1: No, we didn't drink like that because a lot of people drove. And it was spread out over hours. I think it's... I think it's... She drove. I think it is hitting me because I just started drinking again, Mm -hmm. like a week ago, and I haven't had liquor. So this was liquor, and I hadn't had liquor in a long time. No Mm -hmm. shots, though. No No shots! No shots for race. No shots! Because I needed to make sure that I was Mm. able to prepare for this podcast. I have to pack. I'm going out of town. So I had to come home, pack, Make sure Brian's good before Brian. I leave town, and then the
0: fuck does that mean? And
1: then Jesus I'm just like, Christ. make sure everything is like good, and then that sounded. I'm a good wife.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: And then Old i, I pass, oh. and then I have to prepare for this podcast. Um,
0: that's great. Where are you going? New York. New York. New City! York. Remember that. New remember the. Um. Uh, what was it? The um. The the Pace Picante commercials. This, yours was made New York City. No. New York City. Do y'all <laughs> remember those? It was about, it was.
1: <laughs> I love when they shake their minute, heads. No, minute, I love when a they're like, well, yeah. it was about like. <laughs> they're uh, also a lot younger than us. Donnie, do you do remember, you remember these commercials? Donnie is too. No,
0: I don't. It was paste picante, picante, paste picante sauce. It's like a salsa. Sounds great. And it was so, like, like they were eating a salsa, and one guy was like, he had this other salsa, and was, Where is where's this salsa made? And it'd be like New York City, and everybody went on, New York I City.
1: It. I do actually and remember then was, that. Get a
0: rope. They're I gonna have- hang him because he had the wrong picante. This ain't paste Picante sauce, and
1: you ain't Burt Reynolds.
0: But paste is made with your fresh vegetables and spices by folks in San Antonio. This stuff is made in New York
2: City. New York,
0: darling we're going to have to shut you down. Ah, ha, ha. See y'all remember this? I remember. New I remember it's too
1: I, old for them. It's the I guy don't this sounds so old. <laughs> this actor though, I was talking about him recently. He was in an X-Files episode I saw and I remember him from Ray. He's super he's this guy who at the beginning of the movie is like, "We don't play no woogie, boogie." And whenever I see him, I, I he's like the the face of like racist what did he say? white sheriff. What did he say, Donnie? You say, what did he We say? don't play no Woogie Boogie. <laughs> but, Donnie, why do I know? I know the exact actor you're talking about. Yeah, though. yeah you know exactly what I'm talking about. I know about. exactly who this guy is. <laughs>
0: wait I'm oh my you. Oh. god hold on hold on I gotta google this now because I, I gotta I don't we don't we don't play no woogie boogie Donnie keep that as a drop whenever whenever <laughs> wait, somebody let me is,
1: show
0: you this guy whenever somebody whatever somebody is being racist whenever somebody is being racist, <laughs> is being is racist toward right a black here? guy it's this
1: guy Oh yeah! yeah. <laughs> his name is Billy Ray. No, that's his name in the movie. Gary Grubbs.
0: We don't play no. Is that right, Donnie? Boogie. I think so. Yeah, I'm oh, trying to find the clip of him. I'm saying looking at it right, it, right now. Hey, keep that. Whenever somebody's being racist <laughs> to a black person, that's basically what they're saying. <laughs> what they're saying, it's basically. We don't play no wookie boogie. <laughs> Damn, they treat us like shit.
1: You can't even play no music.
0: We don't play no wookie boogie. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> That's funny. That that is funny. Why? Well, why is were you talking me? about him, Donnie? Because he was he in was the, was the a sauce commercial. Yeah, he no. was in this yeah this picante commercial. No, but you said he you was were in just a, he talking a, about him. Yeah, he was in the X-File's episode I saw where he was playing the sheriff. And as soon as I saw him, I was like, You can't trust this man. He's fucking <laughs> he's racist.
0: Lordy, Lordy. Um, Saturday, I watched college football all day. Um Good games? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Not a not a bad game. Not a not a bad day of college football. It's uh it wasn't as good as weeks past. And then Sunday I actually spent a lot of the day talking to my Jewish friends.
1: Um, shout out just to...
0: Just like checking in. I, I talked to Boaz Yakin, a guy who I'm doing a movie with. We had a very long and robust conversation. Uh, so shout out to Boaz, a friend of mine and a dear friend of mine. The, the movie is called Once Again for the Very First Time. Rachel, you've seen it? Yeah,
1: yeah, I did see it. It's um, good.
0: And so Great
1: acting, by yeah, the
0: way. Great acting. Uh, Mecca, Jeroboam, fantastic movie. That movie's coming to you guys pretty soon. we got a lot of stuff going on with that. Um, we have, uh, and then I spoke to a friend of mine, Dax Holt, that I knew from
1: Yeah, why TMZ? do I know that name? Dax. Dax We've done some stuff with Dax. Yeah, we did yep. Dax.
0: Dax, uh, yeah. we did Dax and Alicia had a podcast together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Dax Holt. Um, and then I talked to Rabbi Ari Lamb for a very, very long time. Very deep, raw conversation with so Rabbi So you're an
1: emotional Lam. then. You're so an was, emotional it, literally Saturday.
0: Literally, most of those conversations were an hour and a half, two hours long. I believe it. And um, you guys, There's nothing wrong with checking in on your Jewish friends to make sure they're doing okay. Not at all. There's a lot of emotions that are going on out there. There's nothing wrong with checking in on your friends from all different sides and all different parts of this. Um, But in checking in with my Jewish friends yesterday and talking to Dax, we did not agree on everything. We didn't agree on a lot of things. Sometimes we didn't agree on anything. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the only thing that you agree on is the fact that you care about the people as human beings. Right. You know what I mean? You want to talk to them and, and be there for them. Um, but at the end of every single conversation, it was always an understanding that you care about how somebody's doing and how their family's doing and whether or not they feel fear and whether or not they feel scared and all of that stuff. So it's nothing wrong with that. You know, guys, get in, talk to people. Of course there's nothing wrong with it. Be a human. Mm-hmm. Don't let what's happening harden. Harden you from feeling for people that might be on a political uh, geopolitical other side of it. Don't be hardened by what's happening. Try to have your heart open and be a person. in this time it's not going to hurt anything. I promise you it won't hurt anything. I only help things. As a matter of fact, um, what's going on with Brian? What do you mean? I haven't seen him around. I haven't seen him. He's a, this is, he's a call. He does not text me.
1: <laughs> he's just been working. Brian works all day, like leaves the house at eight, comes back really late. He's a sole, pa- sole practitioner. He's like think, running the whole office by himself pretty much. Do,
0: do you think that if I lose another 15 or 20 pounds, because I'm only 20 pounds away.
1: Do you, have, no.
0: Do, do you think if I lose another no. 15 or 20 pounds that Brian will be my no. friend? Because I think that's what's, no. that what's, what's stopping so it. So
1: you're saying that Brian has fat phobia.
0: I'm not saying he has fat phobia. I'm saying that Brian probably looks at me and says, this gelatin fuck. It's
1: okay, he doesn't do that.
0: Okay, he probably looks... I can imagine Brian, like, waking up in the morning, and he's, he's you know, he's got morning naps. Because I have morning...
1: A lot of people have morning abs. A lot of
0: people have morning naps. Yeah. I don't have them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I have morning... Oh, I'm not quite as disgusting. And then by three, it's like, nah, nigga. Um, but Brian wakes up and he probably has like morning veins like in his neck and in his (laughs) cheeks and everything. And he probably thinks, God, I wonder what fucking kind of crazy shit Van is looking at right now. Fat.
1: He's not thinking that. He's just been busy. Fat. And I'll make sure that he reaches out so you don't think that.
0: No, I mean, the reality is that me and Brian were on a trajectory to friendship. And then I came over to your house for the pool party, I took my shirt off and it's been gone ever since. That's not
1: true. Y'all play basketball after that? Yeah, like it's been (laughs) gone
0: ever since and the basketball probably didn't help either. I was running around, (laughs) jiggling, and he was like, I can't do this.
1: This is the situation.
0: Tell Brian, I was like, "I'll tell Brian I'm only 20 pounds away. 20 pounds away, my shoulders are popping out 20 pounds.
1: We'll do a cow, we'll do a Cowboys watch party or something. Fuck,
0: (laughs) whatever. (laughs) What are you talking about? If I don't want to watch, if a Cowboys watch party?
1: Oh, if I wanted to watch Failure. Maybe we failure, should all try to go to the game next week.
0: If I wanted to watch failure, I'd watch the Republicans try to elect a speaker.
1: Dead. What let's let's try to go to the game next week.
0: Okay, what's the game?
1: Colorado UCLA. I'll go there. Yeah. I'll go there. We'll use your hookup, whatever it is, because you got all the hookups. I got a
0: UCLA hookup for sure. Okay. I'll go there. I'll go there on Saturday. We'll go there.
1: No, we'll go there.
0: We'll we'll go to this game. It's at the Rose Bowl. last time we were at the Rose Bowl, LSU took a fucking fat L. Remember
1: this? Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. We were all there. We were all there Actually, together. No, Ryan wasn't. Is Brian, Brian there? was there. Was he there? Yeah, he was there. You don't even Oh my God. <laughs> I'm just so used to him not being there. <laughs> because he worked. Damn!
0: Oh whoa. Yo, man, hold because on. Because he worked. Do we need to have a deeper conversation?
1: <laughs> That's I because a, he wor- I, that- I, I, Like. Our schedules are so not aligned wow. because of, we're in two totally different industries. That's what I mean. Like most of the time I'm having to go with other people. He was there. Yeah, that was a Saturday.
0: Yeah, we'll go. See, we'll go on next. the
1: weekends he can come.
0: Mm-hmm. We got a big show today. Got a lot of stuff going on.
1: Okay, yeah, let's get into it.
0: Um, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I want to I wanna ask people a question. So we haven't been covering it. But I'm sure everybody is aware of what's going on over at Power 105
1: with DJ Envy. Have you been talking about this? I I don't know the like deep details. I just know it's like so. You describe it. So
0: I'm not gonna go deep into this. Uh huh. But I want to ask a question, and I'm really hoping to get an answer here. So in case people don't know, DJ Envy is a radio personality uh, at Power 105. Um, he had business dealings with this gentleman named Cesar Pena. Mm-hmm. Cesar Pena was flipping houses. I want to get into the whole deal. Okay. Apparently what Cesar was doing was not above board. It was essentially a Ponzi scheme. These mm. are the allegations. Okay. First, these allegations took form in a civil suit against Pena by a bunch of different people. And now it looks like that he's been uh, indicted on wire fraud charges by the feds. Mm. So it looks like he has a federal indictment. DJ Envy was had a relationship with C- with Caesar insofar as he would promote Caesar on the Breakfast Club. He'd bring Caesar on the Breakfast Club. They were doing real estate seminars together. He had invested some money with Caesar. The dynamics of their relationship are unknown, right? Envy is, maintains that he was a victim of Caesar, that he invested with money with Caesar that he never got back, and he didn't know that Caesar wasn't doing what he was doing. Caesar hasn't said anything about DJ Envy, but people are are connecting dots, um, and so a lot of people think that maybe Envy's in a little trouble. My question is, why is everybody so gleeful about it? Like, what am I missing? What what, what am I missing? I'm just,
1: gleeful I, about DJ Envy possibly. Yeah, again. like why is everybody
0: like so? I, I never knew that or heard that before. I like why is every it, there was DJ Envy is is being, you know. What actually happened in this situation? It'll come to light for whatever reason, or like whatever will happen, will happen, and you'll they'll get to the bottom of it legally. They'll get to the bottom of it civilly. But what I'm like actually asking the question is, and I'm just like for people who might be following this: Why is everybody celebrating so much? Like everyone is like they gonna come get envy. Is it just jokes, or is I think something? it's
1: jokes? I think people like mess, right? And in particular. I feel like people, from what I've seen, poke fun at him, right? Like, remember when there was all the talk surrounding, when he opened up about, he and his wife talked about their relationship. And that was different. Well, people were were making jokes about it. Yeah, well, it and was different were, just
0: because the wife, I mean, you got to poke fun at that.
1: I know what she said, yeah. but my point is, is that people weren't, Taking up for him. People were making taking up how
0: can you take up for it?
1: Well, the point is, is that I thought that I didn't know people were huge fans of him. I just don't understand what's like why why is it funny? I agree with you. Yeah. It's interesting. I agree with you, but, but it's jokes. Everything's jokes, though. Everything is jokes. Everything I'm I'm is jokes. Thanks,
0: listen to it. Everything is jokes. I've seen jokes being made about more stuff than that, so I guess I get it. All right. Uh big deal of the day on the other side of this. This episode is brought to you by Shea Moisture. We finally got some deodorants designed specifically for people with rich melanin skin from Shea Moisture. And they're amazing. Made with Shea Butter and Black Dermatologist approved. These deodorants give you and your skin the care that it needs. Now, here's the thing, Rachel.
1: Okay.
0: The deodorants came to the house.
1: Yes, me too.
0: You got yours. I got them. Kalika picked one up Mm -hmm. specifically. And I was like, oh, why are you picking that one up? And she said, because it says it's even Underarm tone, mm-hmm. and she goes like, sometimes when you use the other deodorants, they leave like your underarms untoned or something like that. And she was so excited to have it. She went back and she started using it right there, which made me wonder if she had put deodorant on for the day.
1: <laughs> Maybe she just reapplied. Maybe she,
0: but but like, so that's a it's a huge deal. And I've been using it too. It's very great. It's good to it smell good. The whole yeah, thing.
1: no, 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 it is good, and it's lasts long. Like mm-hmm. I'm a sweater. Mm-hmm. So I need something strong.
2: Mm.
0: And
1: I need, and in addition to, I like that it evens out the underarm. I like the moisture and all of that, but it's the, I need it to last long. And this lasts for, it's a 48 hour sweat and odor protection, which is key. Wow.
0: Uh, get the protection your skin deserves. Tap the banner to learn
3: more or visit
0: SheaMoisture.com.
3: This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida. We'll be in New York. We want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.
0: Okay. There really is no big deal of the day, but we have to talk about Sean King.
1: Yeah, start man.
0: Okay, all right. There is an ongoing humanitarian crisis in Gaza. This crisis obviously was started after the vicious, terrible, uh, inhuman attack by Hamas on uh, October seventh, which is now f- being followed by. An absolute destruction of Gaza and what people are calling genocide and ethnic cleansing Mm -hmm. of the Palestinians from the Gaza Strip. Mm -hmm. Uh, As we speak now, close to 5,000 Palestinians have been killed. A large uh, portion of them are children. And there is increasing calls for the world to be involved here. We have not taken our eye off Gaza. Uh, But there are stories surrounding Gaza. And one of them is hostages. Of course, when Hamas went in and did what they did after the Hamas attacks, they took hostages. And those hostages are in the possession of Hamas. And some people believe they are also in the possession of a smaller splinter group called Islamic Jihad in Gaza right now. And people are trying to get the hostages home. Mm -hmm. One of the people that said they were trying to get the hostages home is Sean King. Sean King is an activist, um, who I have personally raised money with before. I've personally raised money with Sean King.
1: Okay.
0: All right. Personally raised money with Sean King for Shakisa uh, Clemens, who, if you guys don't remember, was the young lady that was assaulted in the Waffle House. She needed stuff. She was, her, her legal bills were eating her up. And Sean King and I raised money for her. She got the money. The money went to her. In my dealings with Sean King in terms of doing stuff like that, there's never been anything shady that's happened, ever. It's important to say because a lot of people accuse Sean of a lot of stuff, right? Yes. I don't know the ins and outs of all of that other stuff. Only thing I could say is, hey, I've raised money with the guy before for someone um, and she got the money and I didn't hear her say anything else. Raised Mm -hmm. money with Sean King, person got the money. That's it. Um, And a lot of other people that I know would say, hey, I have as many people in my life that say, hey, Van, Never speak to Sean King again, as I do people that say, Hey, he helps us out and does a ton of stuff. Mm -hmm. So when it's like that, I just got to go on my personal dealings with the person, all right? Because there's a lot of smoke and then there's a lot of water, all right? Um, This situation, though, I feel like Sean King. And I, I jokingly texted him before this podcast and I texted him again after this podcast to try to get some clarification on it. I think Sean King owes that explanation to people in this particular situation. This is a very serious issue. On his Instagram, he has been uh, a resource to show the atrocities that are happening against the Palestinian people. He's been doing that. And he has made a lot of people very, very happy by continuing to show what's happening in Gaza. Mm -hmm. Um, He's been an activist for the Palestinian people. There were two hostages in particular, uh, Judith and Natalie Ranan. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. They were captured by Hamas and they were recently arrested. Now, Sean King had gone on his Instagram and said that these were two people that had been taken. These people were taken by Hamas and they were being held hostage. And that they were people whose family had worked with him or supported him. Donnie, if we can bring up the original post from Sean King, so I get this right, that people that had worked with him or supported him that he was working to get those people back. And he was working behind the scenes to get those people back. All right. Thankfully, those two women were released a couple of days ago. Mm -hmm. They were released this weekend. And when they were released, uh, they said that they didn't know who Sean King was. Sure. they had never heard of him. Sure. Never heard of him. Um, uh, relatives of them said, first and foremost, we make it clear that he is lying. Our family does not and did not have anything to do with him, neither directly or indirectly, not to him or anything he claims to represent. Later, later, the father, Natalie's father, said that her brother Ben had been in contact With Sean King. And Sean King posted on his Instagram correspondence between himself and Ben. Ben directly asking Sean King for his help. Yeah. And Sean King then posting about Natalie and her mother, uh, Judith and Natalie, and then being in contact with Ben, saying that he was working behind the scenes to help him. Yeah. Yeah. So Sean did not lie about the fact. No, he didn't. That the family, the brother, reached out to ask him mm-hmm. to help out. That's not a lie. He yeah. has receipts to prove that. Yeah. Um. But a lot of people are still wondering because after they were freed, Sean was like, "This is something that we were doing, working on the hostages," and he said also, "Uh, he's working back behind the scenes on a ceasefire." He said that as well. Mm-hmm. Um there's just different stuff coming out, coming out about it. It's like, a lot of people are saying Ben was a half-brother. Who not cares? directly, oh, go for it.
1: Well, I just, I I think people need to look at the bigger picture. When I saw this story, it's like, okay, you know, there's been controver- a lot of controversy, or maybe I should say some controversy, sur- sur- surrounding Sean King previously, right? Mm-hmm. And so people have very strong opinions about Sean King. I think he's polarizing. They either really like him or they don't. I don't, there's not really an in-between. And so when I first saw this, it's like, oh, you know, people, I feel like as much as people root for Sean King, they're also looking for ways to poke holes in things that he says and does. I do believe that for whatever reason. Um, so when this came out and then he came out with receipts, it's like, you already pointed out he's done a lot of coverage to show, to speak on behalf of the Palestinians. And and there are, are a lot of people who found that extremely beneficial and are grateful for that, who are um, fighting for freedom for the Palestinians or to shed light in Western media uh, or to this side of the world because they feel like Western media is not covering it and have been, have commended Sean King for that. To me, that's the bigger picture of what should be focused on, not whether or not, because, and 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 the also the focus is bringing the hostages home which we all agree we want to happen these are two hostages that he claimed to have affiliation to that are home so let's focus on the fact that they're home and they got home rather than looking at Sean King saying you didn't actually help him they're home so now Sean King has to stop what he's doing to address people attacking him because they do root for him to fail to say show receipts that he was in communication with somebody from the family. I don't even think he owes an explanation for that. My thing is fight to bring the hostages home. That's what you're working for. And that's what people want to happen on both sides. Mm-hmm. So all of this outside noise about is he the brother or the half brother to me is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. We need to be fighting for the cause of bringing hostages home home, innocent civilians. Everybody can agree that innocent civilians needs to be the focus. Palestinians that are being, you know, that are trapped in that city with nowhere to go, with no resources. Those innocent civilians that were attacked by Hamas, the innocent hostages that are being held by terrorists. That needs to be the focus. And this to me is such a distraction. And I, and I really think it's ridiculous. Like I actually hate that he had to you know, fight against this, show receipts of private messages. And he also says he recorded conversations. He like says he
0: recorded conversations, yeah. The
1: rest of it to me is just ridiculous.
0: So this was, his, this was his original post. Um, It says, this is Natalie Renan. She's a teenager and is believed to have been taken hostage near Gaza border this weekend. She's an American citizen and just graduated high school in Illinois earlier this year. Her dear family has asked that I help then find her and bring her to safety. Natalie and her family are supporters of mine, protested against police brutality in the United States with me, and have spoken out against injustice in Israel. I believe we have confirmed that she was not killed in Israel, but we are asking for proof of life right now. The family wants her to be alive, but if she's been killed, we'd like to know this too. If she's alive, I can confidentially help broker her return please send me proof of life or death. Please release her. I'm asking. And then he puts, he puts that all, all on there. That is absolutely a, an amazing thing to do. I think what people are more interested in, Um, I think it's fair to be interested in this. Interested in what? The truth of the details here. Uh, Natalie and her family are supporters of mine. They say they don't know who he is. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, protested with police brutality. Poli- protests against police brutality in the United States with me, and I've spoken out against injustices in Israel.
1: Um, First of all, like all of that stuff right there? Too much? Not too much. But
0: I do think it's fair in a situation like this, where everyone is trying to walk a line of validity and credibility so closely, it's fair to ask, okay, well, what did you do to help get the hostages out? Who are, who are you talking to that could release a hostage? He doesn't have to, but like in something like this, it's very, very serious. Sean, to me, I personally know and believe he always has the best intentions. Mm-hmm. Look, you guys, I'm telling you right now that, well, let me rephrase that. In my dealings with Sean, he's always had the best intentions. I've never had a fucked up situation with Sean. Mm-hmm. Whatever people are talking about, whatever people go through, I've never gone through it. So beyond taking their word for it, there's nothing else I, I can say but that. Like I, like, I can't say that I've ever been in a fucked up situation with him. But I will say in this situation, I know that he wants to move on and continue to do his work. And I know that he wants to move on and not have to address this. But I do think... It behooves him in this situation to go a little deeper into either what it was that he did, who it is that he knows. He doesn't have to give any names or anything like that, but just insight into the mechanism mm-hmm. that he would have used. Because bringing a hostage home from a situation like this is such a hell of a claim to make. And he's not necessarily claiming that he did it alone. Sure, he's not. He's not. That's such a hell of a claim to make that's such that denotes such incredible influence and incredible reach that people are going to want to know that that's valid and how that can be used in the future. So as much as I don't have anything negative to say about Sean, and I really don't. Yeah. I hope that at some point he's able to go deeper into this because even that first,
1: can he, because this is what I'm thinking. If I I was going to say something negative towards it and I already said my piece on it, it's that, and the reason when you read it and I go, is it too much? Some of that, I don't think needed to be said in order for you to do the work to bring them home. It just intimates
0: that there is a deeper bond with the family than it seems like there was, but we also don't don't know know what what the the conversation was that Ben did, that Ben, that him and Ben had, but it just seems like He represented something that wasn't quite accurate.
1: And what I will also say is when it comes to hostages and what you're posting, um, I I have a friend who sadly his cousins were the victims in the terrorist attack by Hamas on the Israelis um, at the festival and they lost their lives. But before he knew that they lost their lives, he was posting pictures and saying, bring them home bring them home. We, you know, like we we're trying to find, find them. Then he's immediately put up a message and was like, I'm told to not say their names and to post their faces because they're watching. And if they're hostages, it can be basically was saying it could be a bad situation to bring more light and attention to them. So if I was going to say something negative, if that is true, um, then that's a problem too, to be publicizing, especially with someone who has such a huge platform and a lot of reach that a lot of people are paying attention to, particularly- um, The brother asked them to though. The brother asked them to, but that does, if that is true, that concerns me as well about posting names and images if they're hostages because it brings light to, hey, there's a lot of attention surrounding these and it just makes them more visible as they're being held Um as hostages. Yeah. So I, yeah, I maybe it was uh, that message was a little too much for me, but I also think people just need to like let him do what he's doing, and I think people took this just a little too, yeah. use it as an excuse to attack Sean King.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shea Moisture. We finally got some deodorants designed specifically for people with rich melanin skin from Shea Moisture, and they're amazing, made with Shea butter and black dermatologist approved. These deodorants give you and your skin the care that it needs. Now, here's the thing, Rachel.
1: Okay.
0: The deodorants came to the house.
1: Yes, me too.
0: You got yours. I got them. Kalika picked one up Mm -hmm. specifically. And I was like, oh, why are you picking that one up? And she said, because it says it's even underarm tone. Mm -hmm. And she goes like, sometimes when you use the other deodorants, they leave like your underarms untoned or something like that. And she was so excited to have it. She went back and she started using it right there, which made me wonder if she had put deodorant on for the day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she just reapplied. Maybe she,
0: but, but like, so that's a, it's a huge deal. And I've been using it too. It's very great. It's good. It smells good. The whole yeah. Thing.
1: No, no, no. It is good. And it's last long. Like mm-hmm. I'm a sweater. Mm-hmm. So I need something strong. Mm. and I need in addition to I like that it evens out the underarm I like the moisture and all of that but it's the I need it to last long and this lasts for it's a 48 hour sweat and odor protection which is key Wow!
0: Uh, get the protection your skin deserves tap the banner to learn more or visit
2: SheaMoisture.com this episode is brought to you by Viore if you're sick and tired of your old traditional workout gear then I have two words that will change everything Viore clothing This line of active wear is truly unbelievable. And here's why. Look, you've seen me. You've seen the shorts I do on YouTube. I walk around. I do stuff. I listen to podcasts when I walk. I make calls when I walk. I like to wear comfortable workout equipment, you know, like nothing nuts, just like a really nice pullover, comfortable pants to walk around. Viore is designed to work out in whatever you're doing, but it doesn't look or feel like you're working out at all. It's so freaking soft and comfortable. You'll never want to take it off. And here's the best part. You don't have to take it off. Wear Viore clothing to train, travel, or lounge around the house. I do a lot of lounge around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash ringer. V-U-O-R-I.com slash ringer. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. More fallout from the Happenings in the
0: Middle East. CAA agent, uh, Maha DeKil, resigns from the board, A-board, after a controversial social media post on Israel. Uh, Maha DeKil uh, resigned from the agency's internal board and stepping away from her leadership duties as co-head of the Motion Pictures Department. She represents... Tom Cruise, Natalie Portman, and Madonna. Huge, huge clients um, who are really, really loyal to her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm told that if she were to leave or be ousted, that there are at least some of these people, wow gigantic A-list stars that would leave They'll CAA with her. With her. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, she'll continue to work with her clients and CAA colleagues, uh, but her leadership positions on some of these boards is donezo. On Wednesday, she reposted a statement from an account labeled, Free Palestine, uh, an account weighed in on Israel's response to the October 7th terror attack. This is what she said. This is what the post said. The post said, you're currently learning who supports genocide. And then she added her own caption. The caption was, that's the line for me. What's more heartbreaking than witnessing genocide, witnessing the denial that genocide is happening? She later deleted both of those things. She uh, was contacted by Variety, and this is what she had to say. I made a mistake with a repost in my Instagram story, which used hurtful language. Like so many of us, I've been reeling with heartbreak. I pride myself on being on the side of humanity and peace. I'm so grateful to Jewish friends and colleagues who pointed out the implications and further educated me. I immediately took the repost down. I'm sorry for the pain I've caused. Despite that apology, um, it looks like that either she decided to leave or probably was forced out, perhaps was forced out from some of her leadership duties with CAA. This echoes a trend that we're seeing. And that trend that we're seeing is that there are people who are taking names in this situation. There is an NYU lawyer, a NYU law student, should I say, that has lost out on opportunities for jobs because of some things that she had to say about the conflict there are CEOs that have wanted to essentially blacklist college students from Harvard and other universities around the country who have had things to say um, that were pro-palestine sometimes they say these things artfully sometimes they say these things downright aggressively
3: mm-hmm. but it
0: seems as if in i just say it plainly it seems as if your career is on the line whenever you speak about this yeah that's incredibly dangerous to me that that to me is bordering on some mccarthy era it is blacklisting and name keeping and i don't see how that helps anybody
1: it doesn't but people are so in their feelings about what they how they view what's happening over in the Middle East that they aren't seeing logically or clearly when it comes to this, which is why I said on last podcast, or one of the reasons, I don't, I'm not saying anything because you can't, and it's not even saying it something to have an opinion about it. It's just having a nuanced conversation to talk about what's happening. It enrages people no matter what. And it's like, you can't even have a conversation about it without someone being offended by you just talking around the subject. And, and, and shout out to Thought Warriors and a lot of Thought Warriors who, uh, messaged me and said, you know, like, please keep discussing what's happening. Please keep using your platform. Um, You know, like, this is why you have it. Just like, like, thank you for being vulnerable. Like, we love the f- discussions you and Van are having. I-, I received a lot of that. So thank you, you know, for those people who reached out after last podcast. But I dreamed last night. No lie. I, and this is before I even saw this story. You sent this story. I dreamed last night that I missed out on an opportunity because somebody was mad at um, the snippet you posted about me crying about the podcast I was listening to, i true i kid you not, I dreamed I lost on out on a job um because you know like I'm in the process of auditioning for something, and i I dreamed that that was the what was denied of me uh because of me showing emotion about something that's what I feel like the state that we're in right now, and we shouldn't be. I don't understand why you can't discuss it I don't understand why you can have a conversation I don't understand why um Actually, I'm not even gonna say that. I'm not even gonna say it. Because I'm afraid of what I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of what I, if I say okay. it, it's gonna be an issue. See, I'm not even gonna say it. I just don't understand why you can't have a conversation about it. I'm gonna keep talking in a very general sense. I'm not gonna say anything.
0: I understand why.
1: Because I've seen it before. Let's try to do something here. Let's
0: try to parse apart our feelings. And this is something that I understand a lot of my jewish friends can't do um they're emotionally and culturally connected to israel as a state and so it's difficult to parse apart their feelings as for israel as a state actor from their feelings um as jewish people the jewish diaspora it's hard it's hard to do Because so much of what Israel represents, Israel's existence, Israel's safety, um, represents their feeling about their right to exist and their safety. If Israel isn't safe and if Israel doesn't have the right to exist, the question then becomes to a lot of my Jewish friends, are Jews safe? And do Jews have the right to exist? Mm-hmm. And that's not just for Jews in Israel. It's not just for Israelis. It's for Jews anywhere.
1: Right.
0: Anywhere, right? Um for us, you have to be able to separate your Jewish friends and Jewish people from Israel as a state actor. You have to, in order to have the conversation. Because it then becomes a conversation. For me, as an American, uh, in terms of what I want to support as an American. And if I'm involved in it, I want it to reflect the ideals and values that I have. Now, it never does. Let's just be honest. This is the same country that attacked Iraq, a sovereign nation that hadn't attacked it, on flimsy, non-existent evidence of them having WMDs or some connection between Iraq and al-Qaeda. This is a country that's committed numerous war crimes. This is a country that commits, commits state crimes against their own people and always has, right? So we do not have the moral high ground in any way to uh, come down on any other nation. We don't. We don't do this all types, sponsoring client terrorism, droning people, the suspension of the rights of prisoners in Guantanamo Bay, all this stuff, torturing people, whatever it is. The United States doesn't have the moral high ground. However, if we're talking about it, we have to talk about it in the way that we want to see the world. That's the way that we have to do it. And I think the conversation has to be able to be had about Israel as a state actor as it relates to the Jewish people because there are things that happen in Israel that are just not right. With the way that I look at it, Palestinians in Israel, four different ID cards. Their movement is controlled. Bantustan system in the West Bank, right? There's all kinds of things that are going on there that aren't right. And by the way, Netanyahu is pretty, he doesn't even try to act like this is not the case. He -hmm. he talks about the fact that he wants Israel to be a state where Jewish people are the majority, where Jewish people have the power. And if you're not Jewish, you don't quite have the rights that other people would have. Fundamentally, and by the way, not all Israelis agree with him. And by the the, the not even, not even, it's laughable the 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 situation that Netanyahu was in Israel prior to this. this, There was a huge movement of people that were reexamining what it meant to be an Israeli, reexamining what the right wing was doing to their country and calling him out all the time. So there's robust discussion about injustice and inequity in Israel, just like there is here, Mm -hmm. right? Right. There was a time in America where all the things that we're talking about were codified into law. You know, there was a time when all of this stuff It was a part of who we were. It still exists now. It still exists in those those ways. And we're fighting to make sure that it doesn't exist, but it's a fight, just like it was a fight there. And so we have to be able to discuss that. We have to be able to discuss a military that powerful and their capability on a people. And that should be able to be discussed without fearing retribution or fearing being punished for it. As long as the discussion is had respectfully with compassion and with both sides being able to have dignity, you got to be able to have that talk. Let me tell you why real quick. Let me tell you why I understand how something like this can happen. In my opinion, black people, the black people that I know, sometimes we have trouble um, with allegiance to institutions because institutions here in America haven't really benefited Black people in any way. So we're hypercritical of the government. We're hypercritical of the military. Like my dad, the most scared my dad has ever been is when he thought I was going to join the Army. He thought I was going to the Army. Doesn't want that. Doesn't want his son to be in the Army. Doesn't feel that. I know a lot of amazing people that have served in the military and served in the armed forces. I think they're amazing, but he didn't want that for me. Wasn't his view of what a, what a son or to be honest with you, what a Black man should be doing. That wasn't his thing, right? Um. I, I saw this when Colin Kaepernick knelt before the flag. The flag represents the institution. It was our opportunity to talk about America as a state actor. It was our opportunity to talk about uh, institutions that were failing black people and how that was going to uh, show up in the world, how that was going to show up for people. You're kneeling in front of the flag, the flag is supposed to represent something, it doesn't. And when everybody started to do that, people here, got super super offended and then they started blacklisting people. Mm-hmm. That to me is a part of the black experience. Criticizing institutions wherever those institutions may be, criticizing the American government for some of the same injustices that it commits abroad that we realize and that we can see that the American uh um that we that we're committing here at home. That criticism to me, is almost inherent within me because I'm Black. And I think sometimes a lot of the conversations I've had with my Jewish friends, when I apply those same criticisms to things that I see with Israel, they take them as a cultural attack when really that's not what it is. And I'm not saying that they're wrong because what's informing them is a long history of trauma and a long history of being expelled and being killed being murdered, having to hide who they were. So they think whenever there is a criticism of Israel, there is a direct criticism of Jewishness. And I've had these conversations. I don't understand that. They ha- You have to j- dip your toe into that water delicately, but you can't not have the conversation, especially now. So I'm not sure if this message went too far that she posted.
1: Well, and that's what I was going to ask yeah. you about the message. It's like, did, is this one of those things where you sh- people and I've said this before, too, when people were getting on like, why aren't you posting anything? Why aren't you saying anything? It's like because it's the way how complicated and everything that the, what people are feeling around it, it can't be captured in a social media post. It can't, in my opinion, it can't be captured with a picture. There has to be it has to be a conversation to discuss it. And so my question to you would be, is it like. You don't even have to give an opinion on what she posted. I'm, I wouldn't ask you to do that. It's just more of should people stay or people in a position of power, right? Where somebody can misinterpret what it is that you're posting. Should they stay away from posting? But it doesn't mean that they have to stay away of having these conversations with people in their life, with people in you know their workspace, whatever it may be. But on social media, you just can't do it because... People are going to tear it apart. I don't think
0: social media is the right place to have this conversation. I, don't either. I think it's a much better conversation to have from person to person. If I go back and read what she posted again, uh, it says, You're currently learning who supports genocide. Okay. And then she goes, That's the line for me. Um, and then she said, What's more heartbreaking than witnessing genocide, witnessing the denial that genocide is happening? To me, that right there is worth a conversation. It's worth a conversation to. Talk about... That's not anti-Semitic. But her apology made it seem like it was. Right. There... I don't see how that statement results in somebody being removed from leadership positions. That... Somebody being removed from leadership positions over saying something like that, it seems like retribution. It seems like... uh, Because I... If there was, if there was in any way something that, the only thing I could see perhaps is maybe the word genocide, maybe drums up feelings for Jewish people that probably makes them feel the the victim of them who supports genocide. But that to me, this right here, it doesn't have anything to do with antisemitism. I can't see how that would be anti-Semitic.
1: I don't either. I think they're looking at the question of what's more heartbreaking than witnessing genocide on the hills of, you know, thousands ah, of I people what being uh, murdered yeah. by terrorists. It's yeah. like, like the you. she didn't say the other side. She's basically saying, this is the most heartbreaking thing. And so it's not, that's the only thing I can think of is that it's not considering the other side. But I still don't know if I, I agree with a removal of that. I don't I agree with the removal yeah. of a position based on it. But that, I I would think that that line is what it is. Witnessing the denial that genocide is happening isn't the thing. I think it's the question that she reposted. Because she reposted this. These aren't her words that she was posing in this statement. Um, last thing I'll say about this is that less conversation
0: is not going to make this any better. Agree. Everybody is running to their, their silos, running to their corners. We're not going to get anywhere with less conversation. To your point, social media is probably not the right place to delve deep into this, but I don't think you're going to get to a place where uh, people can can understand each other with, with less conversation. But in order for that conversation to happen,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you have to let people make mistakes. You have to let people wow. make mistakes. Here it is with me. I've heard a lot of people say this. and This is the last, the, truly the last thing I'll say. People will say, uh, if you talked about George Floyd or black people or stuff like that, you would be ousted right, immediately. I implore people to stop saying that. The examples of people who question, poke fun at, say that people that get like stopped by the police should just comply. The amount of people who make excuses for mass shootings that the amount of people who make excuses for racism, the amount of people that crusade against voting rights for Black people, the amount of people that do all of that stuff, these people are powerful in power positions. They are legislators. They are media titans that say, hey, this never happened. Trayvon Martin deserved it. People that made uh, Kyle Rittenhouse a star, yeah, right that paraded him around all of that stuff Please, 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 we deal as black people with the legislation of our injustice all the time. That doesn't make it right for anybody else to do it to anybody else, but we deal with that as a facet of existence. It's just a part of what it is. He deserved it. He was acting bad. He was a thug. She was a thug whatever that's a part of it Mm -hmm. so
2: all of that stuff it just digs this hole deeper this episode is brought to you by lincoln and the all-new 2024 nautilus hybrid featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display available revel audio system and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage oh my god the world isn't wide enough Visit lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans at empower what's next. Start today at empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. All right, before we uh, jump off of that, uh,
0: we have to um, uh, recognize the life of Samantha Wall, who led the Isaac Agreed Downtown Detroit Synagogue. Uh, she was found dead with stab wounds outside of her home Saturday morning. Okay? Investigators are working with the FBI to analyze all of the information obtained uh, in her death up to this point. Um, the motive for the killing is not yet known. Of course, of course, there's an assumption that it has to do with a lot of the tensions that are happening worldwide right now. Mm-hmm. And if that in fact is the moment, the, the reason, the motive for her killing, shall I say, that is absolutely disgusting. Um, Either way, she's gone. My heart goes out to her family, to her friends. She had a beloved group of people who supported her in both her professional work and her work away from her profession Um, in Michigan. I've heard from some of those people. They absolutely loved her. And uh, I'm I'm sorry for her loss. She's a very active leader uh, in the Jewish community, but also in bridging the gap between Jewish and Muslim people. So the death of Samantha Wall. We want to take the time out to recognize that here on Higher Learning and we'll have more information on what happened to her um, as we go forward. Real quick, uh, is this fucked up? I have to talk about this real quick. Uh, rapper, viral song, 60 Miles. Um, I'm not going to play the song. Actually, Donnie played a little bit of the song. So this kid is nine years old i do not know his real name recorded his first song called 60 miles his name is little rt these are some of the lyrics "If she ain't sucking dick little bitch you can get the fuck up out of my shit hundred round hit him with the glock take a fucker down hundred round bitch we in that kill we're going to take him down 12 behind me We're going to do 60 fucking miles. First of all, you're going to get caught doing 60 miles if you're (laughs) running from the police. You know, they have souped up engines. Uh, This is one of the worst things I've ever seen. Shame on this kid's parents. Uh, Apparently, his mother runs the Instagram account. Oh, shoot. Uh, They're all there. Shame on every adult that was in the video. I'm not trying to judge anyone. I don't judge y'all for what y'all feel like y'all have to do. I'm not trying to judge anybody morally. I'm not in a position to judge anybody morally. You can just check my browser history. But for victimizing this kid, for victimizing this child and dumping some of the worst garbage that currently exists into his head, you should all be ashamed of yourself. I say that unequivocally. You should all be ashamed of yourself for not giving this child, this child, the opportunity at a life that's more than if she ain't sucking dick, bitch, get the fuck up off my shit. Giving this child a life more than hundred round, hit him with the Glock, take a fucker down. Represent the worst of us. Yeah. Absolutely true. Unequivocally, you represent the worst of us for grooming this child to be a monster and a criminal. Now, I've heard a lot of people talk about what they see out in the world as it relates to how grown people live their life. Well, how do I explain to my kids this person? Or how do I explain to my kids this person? And they've used that, the kids. I want to see that same energy for this kid who's being sexualized at nine, sexualized at nine nine years old, sexualized. Talking about getting his dick sucked in here, sexualized at nine years old, right? And criminalized at nine years old. I'm not Martin Luther King Jr. in any way. I'm not. I'm not the guy to tell you how to live your life. But even Van, fucked up XTMZ porn addict Van, can look at this and say, this is wrong. This is wrong. Swift rebuke. I don't wanna see this kid booked on nothing. I don't wanna see this kid interviewed nowhere. I don't want to see nobody talk to nobody. This
1: is wrong. We should have the parents on. I don't want to talk to them. I actually do. I want to talk to the mother. I think there's a lot to ask surrounding this because clearly there's no one, there's no way that you can defend it. and I believe in don't hide behind your son's Instagram account. We need to see you. We need to talk to you because obviously you vi- you value going viral and you value money and attention than you do over your son and his well-being. Mm. And if you can stand in that, then come on the podcast and let's talk about it. What went into writing these lyrics for your nine-year-old son to That's sing? That's crazy. What, who wrote this? That's crazy. Then you filmed it, did a video, as you called out all the adults that were had to participate in this to make this thing come to life. Because what's important to you is the moment, a headline, a clickbait, the conversation surrounding your nine-year-old son. Thank God we don't know his real name. At least that's the only bit of privacy that they gave this child. All right.
0: Don't support that. No. Don't support that. All right. Um, We got to go. You guys, challenge yourself to have difficult, compassionate conversations. Mm -hmm. Have them with your Jewish friends. Have them with your Palestinian friends. Try. Try, 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 try right now to be a human person. Nothing is going to be accomplished with more separation and division. Make the effort right now where it counts. Not just about this. Make the effort to care about what's happening in parts of Africa right now. This is an amazing time in the world to practice reckless care. Mm. Care about what's happening to black and brown people here. Care what's happening about LGBTQ people here. Care. Care, care, care. Stress your care out. Because under your care, you're going to find your humanity. I promise you. I promise you, you will. Uh, Take your team caps off, but do not stop learning. I'm Van Lathan Jr.
1: I'm Rachel and Lindsay. Bye, guys.
2: This episode is brought to you by Lincoln and the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid
3: and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.